Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions this afternoon, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000, or you can text me, 720-336-0897. Either one will get into the studio here, the 303-690-3000, get you on the air so we can talk. And the 720-336-0897 will be a text. It'll come into us via text, and you'll either get a response by text or an answer on the air. So give us a call, 303-690-3000. Got a lot going on, a lot of opportunities, a lot of churches opening uh, around the state. Uh, grateful that the uh, restrictions are slowly, little by little, being lifted, and men and women are able to go back and worship together as a church family. It's a little different. Um, I, I think that's an underestimation. I think it's a lot different. Uh, it's just not the same. However, it is better than not meeting at all. Um, and uh, we de- we live in some seriously challenging times, uh, seriously challenging times. And how has the COVID quarantine affected you? I'd love to hear. How have you learned to adjust to it? Uh, what is the Lord teaching you through it? I'd love to hear conversations. Uh, I'd like to have a conversation if that's you. Uh, maybe your experience can encourage someone else. Would love to hear it. 303-690-3000. As we wait for the calls to come in, we are here in person at Calvary Church. We just ask that you RSVP. Go to our website, calvaryco.church. We're meeting tonight at 7 p.m. We're in a series at the end of the book of Daniel that I'm calling Understanding the Times. And I want we're laying out what the Bible says the end times will look like, the times just before the coming of the Lord. Powerful, powerful, powerful. And, you know, it's, it's different just being here together. It's different uh, growing together. It's different singing together. Uh, different. It, online's great. We've been doing online for many, many years. We'll continue to do online. Uh, YouTube channel, all of that. We've had that forever, and it's fantastic. We love the technology. But it's not the same. That's sort of like eating vitamins instead of real food. Uh, there's some nutrients in those things, but they're not. it's not food. You need food, uh, and you need to come back to church. So yeah, I'm going to invite you, uh, if, if you're looking for a place to worship tonight, come to our church, Calvary Church here in Aurora, Colorado, basically on the um, corner of Hampton and Tower. Really, it's on Hampton, one block east from Tower Road. We start at 7 o'clock, 
And I'm personally inviting you myself right here, right now. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 is the number. Taking your call and question. <laughs> 303-690-3000. Uh, we're taking your calls and questions, but nobody's calling, so there's no calls or questions to take. Um, my name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Church. And if you haven't been with us for the last few weeks, you know that, uh, or you don't know that, uh, we've been doing interviews with uh, pastor friends of mine who are black, giving us their perspective of life and their skin in their cult, in their the way they see things, uh, and the way they experience things, and we've posted those on our free app. So you, if you don't have our app, you've got to get it. Go to your app store, however you get your apps, and just put in my name, Ed Taylor, and the app will pop up. Download it. Turn on notifications. You got to turn on notifications, and then listen. It's right there on the home page. Let me see if they moved it. Um, but uh, let's see. Oh, that's Pastor Chuck. I was listening to Pastor Chuck today. Um, so good. And if you have not, if you don't regularly listen to Pastor Chuck Smith, you're missing out. Um, love that man. He's in the presence of the Lord right now. His voice is greatly missed in our movement, uh, the Calvary Chapel movement. We miss his voice. Seems like almost, you know, so much went into disarray and confusion and division after the death of Pastor Chuck. Um, even though there are some leaders, you know, leading and standing, it's, it's hard to lead um, a divisive group, <clears throat> but his voice helped to bring stability, and it's missed. I think anyone listening to me, wherever you are, Colorado, uh, you're in New York, New Jersey, Philly, uh, the, the, we miss Pastor Chuck. So I listen to him almost every day. I was listening to him in the book of, of Genesis. Uh, his title of his message was Halfway is Not Enough. And he's talking about Abraham leaving and going halfway. And uh, halfway is not enough. It always causes problems. So I'm sorry I clicked that uh, looking at our app. But I'm looking at our app, and uh, the that's the second item on it. Let's talk. Real conversation on racial tensions. And right now there are five of them. Um, I have a couple other guys lined up, but we haven't been able to schedule it um, appropriately. But uh, I just want you to listen. Uh, come with an open mind. Um, nobody's trying to convince you of anything. No one's trying to argue with you with anything. You're just in, in a conversation. And the conversations will challenge you. And here, here's the thing that's been frustrating to me, and then I'll get on to calls. Um, we'll talk about... Um, We'll talk about the reality of racism, and someone will answer, "Well, I've I've had a racism. I've experienced racism in my life too." And that is, I'm, I believe it when you say that. I believe it, and I'm sorry that you've faced racism uh, in your life. But sometimes that's said as a dismissive thing of someone that is black, in black skin. And then you get confused. You know, you look at the news and think, well, that's them and that I'm not them. And look at them. But man, it's like your neighbor, your friend, um, a few pastors, people on our staff here, and they have stories to tell. 
And so when you hear a story, you go, well, I would never do that. Or you become very defensive. Then once you become defensive, you don't listen anymore. And I don't mean you in particular. We, we, it's a, it's a us thing. When we become defensive, we stop listening. It says, well, I don't believe in this and I don't believe in that. Okay, well, does that stopping you from listening to them? Well, you know, they said there's systemic racism and I don't believe there's systemic racism. Okay, did you hear what they said? And you should hear a pastor friend of mine I interviewed last week who described for us how he was washing the windows of his house and he didn't say who, he was very gracious, but someone walking by saw him up on the ladder washing the window of his house and called 911 on him. He didn't approach him, didn't go talk to him. He called 911 on him. And this grown man who pays the rent, pays the mortgage, had to give to the police officer his ID and find a utility bill. Now, I was thinking, where would I find... I don't know where Marie puts the utility bills after she pays them. I'm and, and nervous with the police. I don't even know where I would go to find the utility bill in my house. But that's never happened to me. Never. Never have I had the, the person calling was white and the person washing the window of his own house was black. And I have never had to... Uh, show my ID and a, and a utility bill to an officer. Now, he, he made very clear the officer was very kind, very gracious, handled it very professionally here in Denver. We praise God for that. Um, it wasn't that, that wasn't the issue he was communicating. As a matter of fact, he was very positive about his experience with the police officer. The police officer was top-notch. But the person that called on him was not top-notch. And, and so you listen to that story, it's true. It's not a story. I mean, I, you listen to that testimony, and how how else can you how else can you respond than to weep with our brother who was tearing up in the studio here? He was right here in front of me. Some of these, some of my friends, I've had an interview because they're out of town. But this is my friend. He's sitting across the table from me. How else can you respond? Well, I don't. You know, it's just a that's a rare thing. What are you talking about? How many times does it have to happen to you? Well, you know, I just don't think that that's just a rare, you know, that's, uh, I, I don't, I've never done that. What, what, nobody said you did. Just it's like, we've got to get through some of the walls and barriers and biases that we've built up just to weep with a brother, just to, to sit where the brother sits, to listen to him. Um, he's not embittered by it. He's not mad about it, hasn't changed. He's a minister of the gospel. He loves Jesus. He loves um, even the guy that called on him. But that's a real story, and it's a real life story, and it gets relived. And I don't know, every single person I interviewed, I learned something new about him. I learned something new about myself, and I'm grateful. 303-690-3000. Let's go over to Ashley in Lock Bowie, Colorado. Ashley, welcome to the program. Hey, Ashley, I need to, I have the phone lines today. <laughs> I always forget. Uh, I had to hit the button. Ashley, welcome to the program. Uh-oh. We lost her. It might have been my fault for not hitting the button on time. She's still there? Uh, thanks for your show on YouTube. 
you know, for our live streams. You're welcome. You're welcome. Welcome. What can I do for my kids to keep them engaged, learning, and in the Bible? Uh, that's a great question. Um, first of all, our pastor, our youth, our children's ministry pastor, Michael, has put on, and they're still there, uh, something he calls Bible bundles. And he does uh, children's ministry video. He records them. They're not live. But he does children's ministry video to help keep your kids engaged um, just for Sunday school purposes, you know, like in the context of COVID and everything. And the other way to keep your kids engaged is to go down on their level. Uh, every baby, depending on what your kids' age are. So that's another clarification. It we, we depends on what your ages of your kids are. Of course, younger, uh, they have shorter attention spans. So you're going to want to. Um, take that into account. Um, you know, older, they're going to have more complex questions. And, and I guess the generic answer is the way you keep your kids engaged is to be engaged with your kids and to be there, you know, learn what their perspective is, learn what they're into and connect the Bible to what they're into uh, and be engaged in their fam- in their lives and talk to them about what you're learning, ask them questions uh, and resources abound. You know, there's a, a free Bible app on your uh, available on your phone from the YouVersion folks. It's a kids Bible app and a lot of resources there. Uh, there are um, all kinds of neat things available, uh, and we put out and many other. There's like churches uh, all over the country putting out stuff online now because of COVID that you can check uh, and connect with them. Uh, some churches are doing really great things because they have full production studios, and you know, praise God, praise God. That's that's something that we're that we're looking at doing in our ministry here is shifting uh, a lot of time and resources to production, and you know, and and we've been doing it for a while, but we see the urgency of it now. So, um, pretty cool. Three zero three six nine zero. 3,000, 303-690-3,000, taking your calls and your questions. Let's see here. I had some text questions lined up here. Pastor Ed, quick question. I know that Calvary uh, in general believes in pre-trib rapture. Correct, 100%. I'm noticing more and more Christians are not taking this stance, and even some major apologists having rejected this teaching. What's your view on all this, and what do you personally believe when it comes to the rapture of the church? Um, a couple things. Uh, number one, I hold to a biblical view, and, and I'm going to say it this way so that I can clarify for people. I hold to a biblical, premillennial, pre-tribulational rapture of the church, and I don't believe in a Calvary Chapel view of premillennial, pre-tribulational. And I'm sure some people are going, what? And the reason I say it that way is that I don't believe in it because Calvary Chapel teaches it. I believe in it because the Bible teaches it. And so in a real way, I do believe in a Calvary Chapel pre-trib. And not because I was taught it, but because I'm convinced of it from the Bible. If you go to my website, edtaylor.org, edtaylor.org, I, I, I just recently posted some things on this topic, and I think, let me see what it says. I need to look and see what I titled it, but I'm going to go to the website, edtaylor.org. Make sure it's O-R-G. 
and I just posted not too long ago a article that I entitled, uh, <clears throat> I'm sorry, I got to find it, so I'm going to keep talking while I find it. Um, of course, it's going to be multiple pages. Maybe I'll, I'll uh, pen it. I think it's probably important. Um, oh, geez. I'm sorry. Let me find it. I'm going to put tribulation in the search bar. I tried it. 12 reasons why I believe in a pre-tribulation rapture. And I also post on amillennialism, postmillennialism, premillennialism. I also posted six names for the millennial reign of Christ. What is the millennial reign of Christ? What is the rapture of the church? Five insights on the mark of the beast. Seven events leading up to the end of the world. Thirteen chronological events of the end times. Those are all brand new posts that I just put up and wrote uh, with the help of other people, but these basically came from Bible studies. Um, I can't speak, so so the second part of your question is calls come in. Open lines, 303, <clears throat> excuse me, 303-690-3000. Um, why are people uh, rejecting this teaching? I, you know, it's it would be un, unwise for me to broad brush, um, but I believe there is a general... Uh, moving away from a literal interpretation of the Bible. Um, and you can include, I don't know how new you are to this, but you can include, you cannot, so you said some major apologists, most apologists take a, 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 a reformed view of doctrine, and the reformed view of doctrine never believed in the rapture, so you can't count them. <laughs> you can't count them in that. And then the mainline Protestants never believe in the rapture, so you can't count them. They believe in amillennialism, it's bizarro. It comes from the Roman Catholic Church. You can't count them uh, because they don't even believe the Bible is authoritative. They only believe parts of the Bible authoritative. They believe tradition is more important. So I don't know who you're referring to exactly, but the, the there, are, there are major segments of the church that don't believe in a rapture at all. Uh, and I don't mean just... Um, I don't mean just not believing it because it's like a semantic thing. Like They just don't believe it. They believe the church is going to go through the Great Tribulation period, but then there are some that don't believe there's even going to be a Great Tribulation period. Do you know that there are people right now, maybe even listening to this station, that believe that we are in the millennial period right now? That things are getting better and better? It's So, you know, there's a lot of debate on it. But I, I put, I, I am 100%. I'm not 99%. I'm not 55%. I'm 100% confident of a pre-millennial pre-tribulational rapture and i i if you want to if you want to go to my website edtaylor.org i've got things there if you want to email me directly i'll send you some links of resources that i use and books i recommend um but absolutely um i don't know i don't know why i can't speak to why people have abandoned it but i haven't i haven't <clears throat> hey pastor ed have you heard of a book called today's titanic I have not. I don't know anything about it. 303-690-3000 is the number. We're going to go back to the phone lines up in Greeley, Colorado. Jen, uh, welcome to the program. Hello. Hey, you're on the air. Okay. Welcome. <laughs> All right. Um, real quick, um, I have a question. I hope I, I could explain it, but as I was waiting for you to take my call, um, it came to my mind that I have to give glory to God. Um, I had talked to you um, when you were 
broadcasting um, uh, due date to eight, um, and I had called in for a prayer request for my daughter. Um, she was told that she should um, have an abortion because there was no way she could go to full term with her child. Um, and God was good, and he made it so that she could carry my grandson to full term, ah. and he was born on Monday. Congratulations. And I just want to praise God um, because it was it was almost it was a miracle that she was able to carry him, wow. and so I'm just so grateful. <clears throat> well, congratulations, Granny. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Um, so my question is, um, I don't really know how to put it into words, but um, I've been feeling in my spirit that um, I shouldn't really judge people for their lifestyles that they're living. And um, a lot of people that I know, they don't, you know, we they're not all followers of God. Some are, some aren't. Um, I don't know, you must know how it is, but um, their lifestyles don't align with what I believe that the Scripture tells us that we should be living, you know, according to the Bible. Like, uh, we shouldn't be getting drunk, and we shouldn't um, be in same-sex relationships and stuff like that. And I'm just wondering, like, the way that I've been feeling lately is that I need to love everybody, Um and I have to have an open mind with, you know, these lifestyles that I don't agree with. But at what point do I draw the line, if ever? Like, I just feel like I need to love on them and show them who I am in Christ more than I need to be telling them that they're, you know, whatever it may be, like, you shouldn't be getting drunk because... It's not good for you, be, you know. Like, do you understand what I'm saying? I do. I, I do. I'm sorry. So, so no. I I think I understand the even the angst that you're feeling in in knowing that you have made an observation in someone's life. First of all, uh, the Bible doesn't forbid us from making judgments. So we obviously make judgments of people and their behavior all the time. Uh, what what we're forbidden to do is to make hypercritical, hypocritical judgments. For example, if we see a drunk person. And we, we can make a judgment that that guy's making a mistake, right? It's not good for him. Drunkenness is not going to help him. Uh, and, and so for you to make that observation is a good thing. The question becomes, what do I do with it? And you, you're on the right track in the, in the sense that you want to use a person. You want to value the person, not devalue them because of their bad decisions. And you want a friendship or a relationship with them for the sake of serving them. And that's a good thing. The question is, how do I do that? You know, what, where, where do I draw the line? Uh, and I think that w- we draw the line by first addressing people as people and value them, valuing them as image bearers of God. That they're not eating any better or any worse because they're drunk or adulterous or uh, engaging in homosexual lifestyles, whatever it is, they're not any better or worse. They're just in a better or worse position in life. Um, and the greatest position in life that they have to deal with would be their eternal salvation. Uh, and we care for them. And because we care for them, we want to have a voice in their life. And, you know, the, when, you, when you're connecting with someone, we forget, many times it's forgotten what the goal is. And the goal isn't to tell them something 
The goal is for them to hear us, right? The goal isn't for us to speak. The goal is for them to hear from us. And you won't be able to do that if they don't trust you. You know, you're going to want to start out in building trust with them. But, you know, you're not, you're not, it's not wise if you don't tell the truth to them, right? If you had a nail in your foot and you kept telling me, oh, my foot hurts, my foot hurts. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to judge you. I don't want to tell you, like, everything's fine. Don't worry about it. We won't even talk about the pain in your foot. Like, that wouldn't be wise. You'd say, dude, you got like a nail in your foot. Let me get it out. And, and I, I think that the same thing applies when we're serving people with different types of problems. We want to be a friend. We want them to trust us enough so that when the time comes, we'll be able to tell them the truth about the condition of their life. And I, for one, it's a very uncomfortable conversation, but I, for one, am grateful that someone had the courage, uh, you know, a good, an old friend of mine had the courage to tell me the truth about my life. Otherwise, I would have never set foot in a church, ever. Mm-hmm. You're right. You know, like when you talk about abortion, um, you're going to want to tell you're going to want to tell someone that's considering abortion that the life of their baby is important. You're going to want to tell them that uh, killing a human being in their womb is is not a good choice. You're going to want to tell them uh, a lot of different things. You're going to want to tell them those things. However, you know you can yell at them. You know, think about it with your daughter. You know, you could yell at her from the corner of your street, but how how good is that? How good is that? What good is that going to do? Um, no good. It, it would be better to connect with them in some way. It'd be better to, you know, build a, a relationship of trust so that what you're saying would be heard, uh, and and really focusing on being heard rather than just speaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Well, thank you. You're right. Thank you for your words and. Um, I would just ask um, if you have time to pray for me real quick. Um, I just want to be the light of Christ in this world. I want to be a, his ambassador, and I, I want to reflect him. I don't want any of me, any of my judgment, any like that reflected to the yeah. world. Um, I don't know. I just, I've been feeling all these things lately, and I feel like I have to be serving people, and the only way I could do that is using his eyes. So if you could just pray for me, I would appreciate it. Okay, I will. And you know, just understand you will make mistakes. You know, you, you will say things wrong. You, you may, um, have the wrong attitude. You know, they may not respond, uh, very well to you, but you just continue to abide in Christ and speak up where you're led to speak up. And, you know, just know if you make a mistake, you can always apologize for it. Um, but, you know, it's better to make a mistake trying to do something than a mistake tr- not doing anything at all. Yeah. So, Father, I pray for my sister as she wants to be more usable uh, in our culture, um, wants to tell the truth in love uh, to those that you've brought into her life, especially over very difficult, challenging issues and situations. Uh, and so I pray that you would help you would help her process the, um, the, the things that you're teaching her and make her more usable, um, that she might be heard, not, not only just talking, but she would also, she would be heard and you would use her in greater ways to take the gospel into places 
that I can't even go. You know, she's going to be able to talk to people I will never meet uh, and I don't have access to, but you've placed her in their life. And there she is. Um, you have her right there, uh, ready to be used. So bless her and use her, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. We have one open line, and the beginning of the first half is already over. So we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back for the second half of today's program. This is Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome back to the second half of today's program. My name is Ed Taylor. Shout out to our friends on Hope FM and Truth FM and many FMs around the country. Welcome. This is Calvary Live originating here in the Grace FM studios of Calvary Church, Aurora, Colorado. We have service tonight, 7 o'clock. All we ask is that you RSVP. Go to our website, calvaryco.church. All CDC guidelines are being followed above and beyond what's being asked of us so that we can have a good witness in our community as we worship God and follow the higher law of worshiping God and coming together as a church to worship together. Uh, And we have room for you. I love Wednesday nights. It's the closest thing in our church as a a larger church that we can do. Acts 2.42, where they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, uh, in fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in prayer. Uh, We're not breaking... Well, I guess we are breaking bread to some degree with communion, uh, but we're not. We haven't had meals in the cafe for a long time, uh, and uh, so just like God's doing a reset in our church, I love it. I don't know all the things that's going to bird out of it, but this reset is good. Good. Maybe you're a pastor out there, and you're like, I I don't like any of this. Uh, I don't like any of it. Well, I know there's a lot of it I don't like either, but I'm loving the fact that we're being we're being reset by the Lord directly. So so good. 303-690-3000, let us go over to Fort Collins. Dalton, welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor Ed, how you doing? I'm doing well, Dalton. What's going on, buddy? Uh, nothing much. I, I've called before about my friend, Scott, who has brain cancer. Um, yes. <clears throat> just kind of wanted to give you a little update and, and ask for a prayer for... Uh, me and, and family, um, and his family mainly, you know, uh, but he passed away, um, last Sunday, um, but, uh, he was a believer and I, I know he's home, uh, it's kind of a bittersweet moment, honestly, but, yeah. uh, just if we could get prayers for coping the, all that kind of stuff, I, it's my first week back to work and it's been more difficult than I thought it would be, but, you know, I don't know. But yeah, if we could just get some prayers, I'd I'd appreciate it. All right. Father, we pray, God, for Dalton and uh, 
you know, we, we know that he has been really wrestling with his friend and, and over the pain of his friend. And um, we know that times like these are very disorienting and very challenging. And, and I pray, God, that through the challenges you would strengthen him and, and establish him. Of course, for Scott, um, it's been a long, hard journey, very difficult, very challenging. And um, Lord, it's always a painful, bittersweet, as my friend said. It's very bittersweet, uh, just filled with ups and downs of our emotions. And uh, sometimes it can't even feel like that we can control them. So we yield ourselves to the fruit of your Holy Spirit that gives us self-control and um, that deliverance from our human body. Uh, As much as we uh, don't look forward to it, Lord, we know that it is the solution that, that comes into our lives, especially when cancer and junk invades our bodies. Uh, we pray, God, that as, as we, you know, it's even hard to formulate words, Lord, in a time like this, so we just commit ourselves to you and just allow ourselves to be comforted by you, encouraged by you, and strengthened by you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Pastor. I appreciate it. Okay, buddy. Sorry, man. Bye-bye. Wow. Hard, hard, hard. (laughs) 303-690-3000. David in Aurora. Welcome to the program. Hey, David. I'm sorry. I got to hit the button. I forget I'm in studio. Welcome to the program, buddy. Are you with us? Maybe you are, maybe you're not. I'd like, I'd love to have this conversation with you, David. Um, so if you want to call back, uh, I will, um, I'll answer it in a minute if you don't call back. Um, but let me go to a text question and um, give you a chance to to call. So, Pastor Ed, so far nobody has been able to make it clear to me. Why does it say to fear God so often in the Bible? But I love him and know he loves me, so why should I fear him? Thank you, and God bless you and your family. All right, so let's tackle this question. The first thing I think you're dealing with is you are not making a distinction between fear and being scared. Because I think you're looking at fear in this context as being scared of God, like he's going to chase you, hurt you, Uh, harm you in some way. And so it makes sense, right? How can I love God and be afraid of him at the same time? Now, the the word fear does mean to be afraid, to be concerned. Um, But there's a healthy part to that, not the kind of part that we might have, uh, not the unhealthy part that we might have toward another person and being afraid of them. For example, when we say we have a healthy fear of a gun, uh, we, and yet at the same time, it's in our hands and we're using it at a rifle range. Or I, I think in, um, uh, I've, it's been many years since I've been instructed on how to use a gun, uh, but the, the beginning of the instruction was to respect the gun, man, to know what you got in your hands, know where you're pointing it. Know, like They wanted me to understand that things change when I have a gun in my hand. And I believe there is a sense of this word where God is saying, I want you to understand things change when I'm in your, in, in your life. 
and you're to have a healthy respect, but also a healthy fear. And that healthy fear comes from the fact that God also disciplines. He disciplines us. He brings about uh, an understanding that if I uh, wander away, if I wander away in sin, that I can expect the discipline of God. Uh, and in a very human way, you know, there was, if I did something wrong, I had a fear of what my parents would do. Uh, and it, it's not a healthy, it wasn't necessarily healthy because it stemmed from my sinful behavior. But when we speak of fearing God, we're speaking of having a healthy respect for Him. Uh, we're having, a, we're speaking of how much understanding how much God hates sin, and not looking forward to in, uh, His judgment of sin or His discipline, uh, and and so I want to live in such a way where I think that I, I bet you if you're on the air right now, I I have a sense that you're the confusion between fear and scared probably sums up most of what you're dealing with. Uh, because the fear of God is the beginning of knowledge. So when I understand who God is, and I have a healthy respect for him, then I know that knowledge is coming. Until we understand who God is, and have a reverential fear of him, we'll never have, we'll never walk in wisdom, we'll never walk in knowledge. You know, think about the people that are just doing dumb things. They don't fear God. Um, And think about people that do uh, difficult, dumb things in in the world. They don't have a fear or respect for those that are in authority. So that would be how I answer that in its most basic, simple understanding. 303-690-3000 is the number. Here's a text that came through. Hey, Ed, I heard Chuck Smith say on his program, the word for today in the last four weeks, that it would be a great falling away. And that the apostate church in the last days would become heavenly or uh, heavily involved in politics. Uh, is that church in Arizona example of that? I don't know. Uh, I'm greatly dismayed seeing virtually no mask and no distancing. Uh, that's unfortunate. I agree. Considering all the things we're doing here to stay safe, packed auditorium, cheering Trump when he called the virus kung flu. Uh, A very disrespectful phrase, I would agree, from anyone's lips. Um, Do you think this is what Chuck Smith meant when he said apostate church become? uh, I think it's possible. Um, um, I think it's possible that Chuck Smith was referring to a a movement of churches that co-opt the gospel for something else. Uh, We certainly live in a day and age where politics has co-opted the gospel. Uh, And when there's a favorable person in the White House for the church. The church seems to cater to that. Uh, I have to say, while I disagree with a lot of things that President Trump has said and done, I do appreciate uh, his stand for abortion. Uh, I do appreciate uh, the stands that he's made to speak on behalf of the church, to speak on behalf of the freedom of religion and the freedom of worship. Um, and so there have been things. We, we just got to learn to parse out the things that we disagree with and the things that we agree with, um, you know, and he and then your text goes on to say, I'm just kind of talking along with your text. I wonder how many of those people that attended the rally actually members of the church. Yeah, I don't know. Um, can't believe Christians would ever cheer a racist statement like that. I agree. Um, I, 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 w- I would agree. I, I know probably people, believers probably laugh at it. They probably go, well, it is from China. 
Um, but we've forgotten that Chinese people are image bearers of God, and the the people of China are not responsible for this virus. This virus, its origin is in sin, and whether there's a government thing, whether the Chinese government is trying to do this or trying to do that, all of those things just remind us. And let's just say the worst of the worst. It's a horrible biological chemical warfare that has been perpetrated upon a, a, a nation. That's evil and wicked in and of itself. Um, let's just say that's all true. Then what's our responsibility? Our responsibility is to be even more busy at getting the gospel into people's lives, even more busy loving in practical ways, even more busy about our Father's business. It's not to get caught up in things that demean and diminish someone's personhood, period. And uh, I hope we wouldn't hear those racist remarks in our church, and I hope we our church wouldn't cheer at them, um, but that rather we would cheer at the truth of God's Word, and that we would relish in the salvation of a soul and that we would value every man, woman, and child, no matter their race, no matter their color, no matter their creed. And while we might get a quick laugh by calling the virus Kung Flu, uh, there are many, many families that have lost loved ones, uh, and that's not funny uh, to the families that lost loved ones. There are many, many people that have families in ICU right now, and that's not funny to the families with uh, loved ones in the ICU. And there are many, many Chinese uh, Americans, there are many, many Chinese nationals, uh, billions, I forget the population, is at least a billion, I think, in China, uh, that that phrase would be highly offensive to. And if it's coming from the mouth of a Christian, then that offense could become a very, um, a very horrific barrier for the credibility of the gospel to come through that same mouth. Um, remember what James said? It's a similar thought, um, not necessarily the same words, but it's a <clears throat> excuse me. It's a similar thought um, in James chapter three. Uh, it says, "For every kind of beast and bird of reptile creature, the sea is tamed uh, and has been tamed by mankind." This is verse seven, verse eight. Excuse me, but no man can tame the tongue. It's an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. The Bible is so clear on these matters. They couldn't be clearer. I don't care how you justify it, how you twist it. Couldn't be clearer. Period. Thanks for your text. 303-690-3000. Back to the phone lines. Um, Carol, Colorado Springs. Carol, welcome to the program. Thank you very much. How can I help you? Um, I've just been through a lot. Our family's been through a lot the past several months, and, and I am just really struggling with anger uh, toward God for allowing so many horrible things to happen in such a short period of time. And I know it's good to acknowledge how you feel, because that's what David did in the Psalms. Yeah. But uh, what, do you, what do you do to get out of that? How do you, how do you, how do you get un, 
I mean, do I forgive God? Is I mean, that seems kind of ridiculous. It does where, seem. Where do I go? Where well, these do are, I go? This is a great question. And I, I was, since you mentioned David in the Psalms, I was introduced to a book. I, I've been a believer for a long time. I think I've been a believer 29 years now, I think, something like that. And uh, I've known uh, of this phrase, lament. Have, are you familiar with that phrase? Yes, I am. So I've known of that phrase for many years. I have to say I haven't paid attention to it at all, ever, even through the um, crisis of the, of the tragedy with my son, uh, with his death, uh, the drama with his uh, family and not being able to see our grandson, all of that. I, all through all of that, um, I didn't pay attention to the lament. It was just recently, um, and even as many things are still ongoing in our lives, just recently I was introduced to this um, this word and this action that's known as lament, and and I was gonna I would say a, a quick answer to your question is how do I deal with my anger with God? I turn it into a lament, and and I'll explain what that means. I want to suggest a book to you. I just taught this book in in our Q classes we did on. Um, we did some short-term classes here at the church electronically, and I taught one on this topic of lament, and everybody in the class benefited from this book, including me. And the very beginning of the book, you know, he teaches you learning to lament, and here's how he defines it. You ready? Um, the practice of lament, the kind that is biblical, honest, and redemptive, is not natural for us, because every lament is a prayer, a statement of faith. Lament is the honest cry of a hurting heart wrestling with the paradox of pain and the promise of God's goodness. And, and the rest of the book explains it. I mean, unbelievable what this brother has done in drawing out, and it comes from hurt in his own life as he uh, lost his daughter uh, in a stillbirth very early on uh, in his marriage. And what, what, what's the name? The name of the book is called Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy. Clouds, Deep Mercy. And, and the author? Uh, I have to spell his last name. It is V as in Victor, R-O-E-G-O-P. Okay. Uh, okay. And I think that this, the, the reading through this particular book will help you with processing, because lament has a progress, and, and the lament is, is only, and, and this is another thing he says that I thought was great, you know, all of us are born into this world crying, right? And right from the womb, we're crying. But only Christians can lament, because what Christians are lamenting is, what, what a lament is, is saying, God, this is hard, this is horrible, but I know a better day is coming. And it's we, we, we see the light of our problems now in light of what God promises then. And so we're like, this is wrong. You know, only a Christian can really say this is wrong. Uh, only a Christian can really say this is, this is horrific in the sense of God's redemptive power. Because people look at the cross of Jesus Christ. You know, unbelievers can say it's wrong. They could say it's wrong. I don't mean they can't say it. But they'll look at the cross and say, that's foolish. That didn't happen. That's not possible. Jesus isn't real. And be, from that perspective, they don't understand what wrong is. <laughs> right, right. 
Right. And and so of well, course somebody could say it's wrong, but they don't understand from the redemptive power of God. And and so if I didn't have this book, let's say I didn't read this book and I just picked it up for myself. You know, I write, I read on anything I can on grief, and this one I don't even know how it was recommended, but it's really good. And but if let's say I didn't have this book, this is what I'd tell you to do with your anger. I would tell you to go to God and talk to Him about it. He is not offended by you. Uh, he's not offended by your hurt. He hurts with you, so that when you come to Him, He shares in your pain. Uh, we have we come to a Savior who's been tempted in all ways. He's like us, but He's without sin. We come to a throne room of grace where we find help in time of need. And and you asked a really powerful question that I want to I want to address too because you kind of ans- at, you asked it and also gave the answer. And you said, Well, should I forgive God? That sounds I forget what word you use. It sounds what did you say? I think I said it sounds kind of silly. Yes, okay. So I mean he he's God, I'm not. So right? he is, but understand something Jesus said. Maybe you will, um, maybe you've never considered this before. Uh, but remember that time when John the Baptist was in prison? Now, John the Baptist, he knew he was related to Jesus. He knew who Jesus was. He introduced him. He's the forerunner. He's the one that um, said, hey, I can't even tie his shoelaces. He's the one that got out of the way, told all of his disciples to follow. Like, There's no question whatsoever by the time we get to Luke 7 that John the Baptist knows who Jesus is, right? Great. So he sends a message to Jesus, and he says, he sends the message, are you the coming one, or do we look for another? Now, why do you suppose at this point in his life John the Baptist sent a message that, hey, where are you? Are you really the coming one? Do you look for another? Yeah, no, it's the prison ex- his prison experience it, that, he, that he was he was desperate. And then desperate. did did Jesus ever answer that question? Nope. No, this is what he said. Go tell John the things that he you've seen and heard that the blind see and the lame walk, that lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear and the dead are raised and the poor have the gospel preached to them, which is a painful answer, don't you think? Truly is. Because you, in your instance, you could say, uh, like he, one of these things uh, applies to me. You know, let's just say that I was sent message to Jesus and I said, hey, what's going on? Is he really the Savior? Uh, because my son is in a coma. And Jesus says, yeah, take this message to Ed. Tell him that you've seen the dead raised. And then I'm there at the bedside 24 hours a day, seven days a week with my wife, looking at my son not recovering. That would be a hard, that would be a hard answer to receive, don't yeah. you think? Yeah. And if yes. Jesus sent you the message, hey, tell, tell, tell my sister, tell my daughter, I'm sorry, i got to look up your name again. Tell my daughter, Carol, that uh, I've seen, you guys have seen cancer healed. You've seen it healed in an instant. And then there you are battling this uh, with your husband for all these years. Like, and we have a dear friend, Maureen, um, who's in her last stages of battling, and she's had a valiant battle, and it's just been brutal. Or our friend that called earlier, and, and you hear that, but that wasn't the end of his message. That wasn't the end of his, mass, his answer, which is going to speak to you about forgiving God. And this is what the end of his answer is. You might be familiar with it. 
in, in the va- last verse of this paragraph, he says, after all of that, he says, and blessed is he who is not offended because of me. Offended. I wonder what that, uh, what another translation would say of that word. Well, I'll tell you right now. Offended. I'll tell you what it means. Um, offended in the original language means to be scandalized, to be stumbled, to be to fall, uh, to be offended. The general answer to that, uh, to take offense at, um, to be led astray, to be stumbled. Uh, in the New Living, which I would look it up here. Let's see, Luke 7. You know, and I think that, I, I think considering what you're describing, you know, you're looking at your life, you're looking at the pain that you're going through, you're, um, you are, you know, facing um, all the pain and difficulty and hardship and challenges that you're in right now. And, and Jesus would say to you, I'm at work, and I know that I I know I'm 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 glorified through the blind seeing and the blind being blind, and I'm glorified through the lame walking and the lame um, not walking. I'm I'm glorified through the deaf hearing and the deaf not hearing, you know. And I'm glorified from the dead being raised to life, and I'm glorified through those who die. Like blessed are you. And in the New Living, it says he added, "God blesses those who do not turn away because of me." And, and you go, why would I turn away? Why would I turn away? Why would I turn away? And I'll tell you why. When he doesn't come through the way you want him to. And well, that, Peter says it best. Where are we going to go? Right. Nobody else has the words of life. That's right. No and, one. And you know, that's why you're angry. You're mad. You're mad at the effects of sin. And that anger gets turned toward God because what we expect from him is for him to we know he can and we know he has but we're upset that he hasn't in our present circumstance yeah. and we're upset well, that the whole the whole idea of god's sovereignty i mean i i know some people that say oh well if you've got cancer that's from the devil you know well hey nothing gets to me that doesn't pass through his hand first yeah the cancer comes heart attacks come Death comes because of sin. Um, you can tell people that you got that that would try to lay some trip on you that the devil gave you cancer. You can just tell them, "Get behind me, Satan! I don't receive that." Yeah, I I know that's not right. I know that's not right. But I'm sorry no. for the things you're going through, Carol. It's very hard, very challenging, and and I I know that that book. You read it. You'll read it in a night, maybe two nights. I promise you, it's very short and very easy, and and then you'll call back and you'll say, "I think I learned a couple things." Okay. Well, I'm a book person, so that was a that was a very good um, counsel because I will I will order that book tonight. Okay, good, and call, be sure to call back when you finish. I'd love to hear your feedback on it. All right. I sure appreciate it. That's just what I needed to hear. Okay. Just what I needed to hear. Can I pray for you before we uh, end the show? Um, Lord, I lift up my sister Carol to you and the, the weight that she carries and the challenges that she faces. And and it's been one thing after another. And I know you love her as a daughter. And I know she loves you as a father because she's like, where else am I going to go? Like, there's where else could I go? But those thoughts, Lord, and those feelings and 
those decisions and like we wander, you know, just like the old hymn says, uh, we're prone to wander, even if it's a step or a thought. And I pray you keep us tethered by your grace that no matter what we face, that we will, like Job, declare, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. And so I pray for my sister and that you would add this new area, this new element of lament into her life, that she might be able to process her grief, not with another person, but with you, the Almighty God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Well, we're at the end of the show. I mean, that's how fast it goes. Um, uh, I'd love to have you come out. Let's worship in person. Let's do this tonight, 7 o'clock. We're looking at the last days, uh, and, and I'm making it very practical. I'm not just describing the last days, but what's our responsibility? What is God looking for us, looking from us, looking to do through us? Uh, and, and so uh, may the Lord have you here tonight. Just RSVP. Uh, go to our website. It'll make it easier. Um, it's required by the state of Colorado. Uh, so we're in honoring and being above approach. We want to do that. Just go to our website, calvaryco.church, and be here tonight, 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock in the book of Daniel, in the book of Matthew. And, oh, we also look at Elijah. That's how we end tonight. So see you soon. God bless you. been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.